some of these boys, the reason why they're acting out is because, like, man, they don't have a father or they have a bad experience with their father or, man, just some of the stories I would hear, it was just like, dog, like, I didn't experience any of that because my dad was like the GOAT. All these different dynamics and how these people are affected, even women too, like the girls would talk. And it was just like, oh, man, like, I don't have no father. My father's not there. Or my father treats my mom this type of way. Or And it's just like, it affects how they handle men or how they handle like their relationships moving forward. So it just really made me think, I was like, man, I have all these thoughts about like fatherhood, me trying to be the best father. Like, what if I like podcast this? Yo, this is Caesar Walker, the cool, calm, collected one. And I'm Ronnie Gatry, the emotional one. And we are the Tipping Point Podcast, your source for the black male's perspective. <laughs> Walker! Walker, we can you Peace and blessings, everyone. We want to welcome you to the latest and greatest episode. And shout out to all of our listeners, whether you're new or old, we are grateful you decided to press the play button on this episode and hang out with us, even if it is for a little while. And all of the fellas are here. Gatry, how are you, sir? Uh, and being honest, it's been a trying week, but I'm here. That's what's important. Yes. I'm glad you're here. Good to see you, by the way, bro. Likewise, man. Thank you. Black, how are you? I didn't have a trying week, but I'm good. 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 That's yeah. Even better then, right? Yeah, I had to check in with y'all on Mother's Day to make sure I could consume a beverage. But other than that, I'm good. A beverage? What kind you of beverage? You didn't check in with me? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. Wait, you was asking about uh, Memorial Day. Mother's Day. Just Mother's Day. I thought I thought I read, I read Memorial Day. I, I read Memorial Day, too. I was talking about Mother's Day. They may have spell checked you. Yeah. You may not. Okay. okay. All right. Um, uh, no. Yeah. I'm glad you did. Did you? By the way, we got health goals in case yes. you guys are listening for the first time. And a few weeks back, we decided that we were going to hold one another accountable. We was going to stick to this plan until Memorial Day weekend. Correct. Correct. Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, incredible. Incredible. Shout out to John Owens. I've been working with him one-on-one and uh, big things are popping. I'll put it to you that way. Good. Good for you. Good for you. Black? I only other, had one other, drink. On Mother's Day? That was it. Dang. Golly. What kind of drink you had? Has to be more Sweet careful. tea? Mm-mm. What? Oh, some 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 liquor. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Celebration, man. Mm. Celebrate mamas. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody can't mama. halfway do it. <laughs> I tell you, boy, accountability can be kryptonite for some people, can't it? God. And last it, but not least, Walker, how are you? Way to go, I know. I was not. I was not gonna. I was not gonna miss that this week. But listening to this over again, I felt bad. I heard this. Felt this pit in my stomach. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's only the 160th episode, so I mean, why would we forget that? I'm doing great, by the way, Um, and I've been doing well on my journey as well. I had a protein bar, but that's the most like sugar outside of like grapes. Whenever I had a sweet tooth, yeah, about curved my sweet tooth. Oh, okay. Are you Um, Costco? No, Sam's. Never mind. Okay, rep your set then. I mean, you flagging like that? We gonna take this to aisle three or what? (laughs) 
What you try to do though? Well, I know how you spend your Fridays. <laughs> Don't threaten you with a good time. However, <laughs> I am. Um, I've been doing good. I've okay. been doing really well. Seeing some, seeing some progress. Nice. Um, inches are starting to come off. So okay. I'm happy about that. Hey, let me give you one of these. I bought this for you. Yeah. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. And for the second straight week, we have a guest. Yes, we do. Is it third? No, no, no. We no, had we, a break. Between we had a break John. in between. Okay, we had man. a break in between. So yes. it's our it's for the second week, and it, our third guest in about four weeks. Yes. So May has been on, active. We're we're on a roll. We're on a roll here. Absolutely. So t- go ahead and 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 bring in our guest, Gatry. Oh my goodness, Walker! I am so esteemed and privileged to introduce our guest uh, for this recording. Uh, I met this man in Anniston, Alabama. Uh, I had an instant connection with him. We we met to talk about some work-related stuff, and the conversation quickly grew into other things. So, um, anyway, I was, I was about to go. I was about to go really deep there, but I'll keep it high level. Uh, this man is also a black male teacher, of which uh, I have a lot of value and I hold very high. Uh, he's a father of two. He's a proud husband. And he just so happens to be a member of the only fraternity that I can think of. Uh, I give to you, Rashad Harper. Welcome, sir. <laughs> what up, what up? Man, y'all had me in the bullpen there. I was trying to figure out when y'all was going to bring me in. I was just, we got you. We yeah, got I was you. looking at the jargon going back and forth, and I was like, dang, do I just, it was kind of like the double dutch. I was like, dang, do I jump in? When it, I jump it in? wouldn't have worked because I had your mic muted. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. So, Shad, welcome. Give the people a brief synopsis of who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff. Man, I'm a man of many, many hats. It's like, I'm trying to figure things out, but at the same time, at the core, at my core, I'm trying to be the best father I can be to my two daughters and the husband I can be to my wife. That's probably the, you know, the main thing. Everything else is just, it fits in around that. And like, um... Ronnie said, when we met, I'm also a real estate agent. So I'm a teacher. I'm a real estate agent. I'm an investor. It's just like I got my hands in a lot of things. But at my core, I am like a father first and a husband. But when me and Ronnie met at like the brokerage office in Anniston, it was a vibe. It was like an instant connection. He was actually there to help me with uh, with my uh, marketing. Is that what I... Yeah, you you were the reason behind the cowboy hat. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because you remember. Dang, I, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we talked on the phone. That's exactly. right. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he was. I had met him there on my planning period. So I'm actually teaching during the day. So during my planning period, I dip out and I come to the brokers just trying to get some work done. And I meet with him, and we sit in the back. And man, we was just vibe. It was for about at least a good hour. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, I lost track of time. To yeah, be we did. We yeah. did. So like after talking about real estate business. We started talking about me being a teacher. Then we started talking about fatherhood. Then we started talking about our fathers. Then somehow we got on like, I was like, yeah, man, like I podcast about it sometimes. And he was like, no. And it was just like a weird vibe. And I was like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was like, I got a podcast too. And I was like, what? For real? So it was kind of like, it, it, it was a vibe for real. We really... We really had to get out of there because people from the brokers were like coming to the back, just being nosy, like, yes, yeah, like these two black men in the back talking about something. They've been back there for a while, and it was just like, because every now and then we'll look up and it was just like a head to peek over the door, and it'd be like, all right, but like obviously they own to us, but yeah, that's how I met Ronnie, and you know, 
he definitely pushes me to push my podcast, which is, you know, something I need to get back on. But it's at its core, it's just pretty much talking about fatherhood. And the reason why I got into it is because as a father, we get into it. We get into fatherhood, but it's just like we really don't have a blueprint. And it's like I'm going through it like day by day. And I just wanted to either reach out to somebody or somebody help me with the stuff that I'm going through every day. And it was just it was a way of me talking to other fathers or talking to different people about their trauma with their father. Yeah. And I felt like it ultimately just like helped me be a better father. You know, dope, dope. Yeah. So speaking of like what's what's the biggest thing that you want to achieve through your podcast for fathers like well as, as a person who aspires to be a father or someone who is a father what's what's one of the things you want that person to take away from hearing your podcast honestly it never re- i never really started it to like grow it to like a huge podcast it was really about me learning so like i'm pretty sure you talked about this on the podcast on your podcast about your father yeah. And the relationship you have with your father. Right. Your relationship you have with your father is completely different than the relationship I have with my father. But I feel like our relationship with our fathers affects how we father like our kids and 100%. stuff. Like that. So hearing his story about like his father was like, wow, like that relationship, that dynamic that they have mm-hmm. affects him and how he fathers. It's just like, wow, if I know that and I take that into account of how I father like my daughters, like I know what I do want them to take from me being a father. And what I don't want them to take from me being a father. And ultimately, you know, I have two little girls. So when they grow up and they get married and stuff like that, the man that they choose to be like the father to their kids, it's kind of like they'll have a blueprint of, okay, dad was this person, dad wasn't this person. So I really just started it just really just to learn, man. And it, it came from me being an alternative school teacher. When I first got into education, my major is in P.E., physical education but it's hard that's a hard job to find in Alabama because it's taken up by all coaches so they put me in an alternative school setting which was cake I mean it was all you do is just sit there and make sure the kids do their work but in doing that I kind of created like a program where it was just like all right we're gonna do our work I'm gonna get some people to come in here I had some frat brothers come in and talk to the um talk to the boy well the young men in there about college and different things like that. It was something I had really, I really grew, I really liked it. Only reason why I didn't stay in it because my major was in physical education. I eventually wanted to get in the gym and coaching and stuff like that. But in the alternative school setting, I learned about, man, some of these boys, the reason why they're acting out is because it's like, man, they don't have a father or they have a bad experience with their father or man, just some of the stories I would hear, it was just like, dog, like I didn't experience any of that because my dad was like the GOAT. Yeah. You know, and it was just like all these different dynamics and how these people are affected, even women, too. Like the girls would talk and it was just like, oh, man, like I don't have no father. My father's not there or my father treats my mom this type of way. Or And it's just like it affects how they handle men or how they handle like their relationships moving forward. So it just really made me think. I was like, man, I have all these thoughts about like fatherhood, me trying to be the best father. Like, what if I like podcast this? Also, it also made me think like. As high as I hold my father and what he did for us, the sacrifices he made for us, I'm one of five children. One thing that pushes me to continue my podcast is I eventually want to get him on the podcast. And I feel like it would be super dope, like, 
for that to live in infamy and me to have that sit down conversation yeah. with like my father and just like he raised all five of us and I'm trying to figure it out with my two daughters and I'm just really just like it's like a heart to heart father to father conversation he telling me about how hard it was coming up or like the knucklehead I was you know raising me and stuff like that and seeing the man I've become and I just like man like long after he's gone or something like that I want to be able to look at that and be like man this is my relationship with my father I actually get emotional talking about it sometimes but that's one thing I eventually want to get him on the podcast for. Oh, yeah. that is dope. Yeah, if you get emotional, you're on the right side of the table. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, let me get, trade me. <laughs> <laughs> Rashad, one thing, one thing I want to say, man, uh, I, I, number one, I love your podcast. We've talked about it before, just like, you know, our, our viewpoints on fatherhood. But I really have to shout you out because you do this podcast solo. <laughs> like, and I told you that once I heard it. And I don't, well, you don't, you don't, you can't compare it with anything, but that is so difficult. And when I come across solo podcasters, I'm just like, you have so much respect for me just because I could not imagine. Could you imagine me? Solo, yeah, I could <laughs> actually. When you, yes, we, we think about it with, often. With all uh, three of my listeners, all of which are related to me, probably. But um, no, me, not, me and Black would be two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still listen to your podcast. Thanks, thanks, Rashad. I just, I just, you know, it, it just makes me appreciate this more because I mean, at least we can we can have something, we can have a conversation, and that's something I have to have, but. Just wanted to shout you out for that, man, because I think that is so impressive. I mean, it's definitely not easy, but at the same time, is when I get on, and I remember us talking about this, I don't look at like how many views I got. I don't it's really a form of therapy. Cause like when things are going good, especially in a marriage and you know, fatherhood or something like that, or something I experienced, it's really just me venting and putting it, you know, like on wax. So I'm just like, okay, like. My two daughters been on one today, and it's just like, you know, I'm pretty much ready to kick them out. Or my wife, me and her have been, like, bumping heads here lately, or, like, I'm in a situation where I literally don't know what to do. And, you know, I feel like other fathers could, like, relate to that. And it's just like, this is how I handled that situation with, like, my wife, or this is how I handled that situation, like, my two girls. Perfect example. I'm listening to a podcast, and I remember a guy says, like, I don't spank my daughters. And then he was like, why you don't spank your daughters or something like that? And he was just like, I don't want them to grow. I don't want them to grow up thinking that it's okay for a man to hit them. So that like blew my mind. I was like, God dang, I'd be tearing my daughter's butt up. You know what I'm saying? Not really, <laughs> but they get like three licks or whatever. You yeah. know, it's nothing abusive. Don't come after me or whatever. But that blew my mind. I was just like, dang, like, I don't want my daughters feeling that way either. And it's like, it really made me like dive into like a wormhole of like different ways to discipline your kids and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Ultimately trying to be a better father. Yeah. So it's just like before I get to now, do I still pop their butt? I do, but it's very seldom that I do that. Like they get multiple chances. I sit down, talk to them or I get down on their level. You know, that's a, that's a key right there, especially little ones. If you get down on their level, eye level, it's a lot more intimate conversation. So yeah. it's like, I'll get down on their level, tell them what I expect, tell them what they did wrong. And I want them to have that relationship with their father when they get older. Cause I mean, they're going to do what they want to do, but at the same time they can come and talk to me or they know I'm going to talk to them right. when I feel like they're in the wrong rather than being afraid of me and thinking I'm like, Oh, okay. Like he going to, you know, pop my butt or like yeah. strike me in some type yeah. of way. So like I said, learning, learning different stuff like that, you know, like I'm, 
conflicted in this like should mm -hmm. i pop my daughters should i not pop my daughters and i yeah. feel like somebody out there is like man like i got daughters too mm. i have a two-part question so what would you say was the biggest thing you've learned from your father that has helped shape you as a man today man it's so much i learned from my old man but just pick one just pick one, that pick that one. one thing is about him being just consistent man and it's just like i didn't realize it until like i got older and it's just like five kids like five kids and my mom is just like all by my mom and it's just like my mom she's legally blind so it's like at a certain point she couldn't work anymore so it was all on him mm -hmm. and I don't feel like I feel like I had a great childhood with all my siblings. He didn't let us see the stuff that he was going through. Now he worked at Delta for over 20 years. He get up, go to work at three o'clock in the morning. But when I tell you he get off work, he'll go to school, go to uh, classes and stuff like that. But when I tell you if I had a football practice or something like that, like I could look up, he'd be like right there outside the gate or something like that, or he'll be taking me home. And it's just like, I'm thinking like, oh, this is just normal. This is just like my dad. But it's just like, now nah, I'm on the other side of that. And I'm like, I'm getting off work. I'm showing houses or I'm doing, and it's just like, okay, my daughter comes up to me and is like, oh, we finna go to the playground. And it's just like, man, I'm tired. Like I'm tired for real, but it's just like, my dad never let me see that, like, he's tired. It's just right. like, I want y'all to have that experience of being a child, and it's up to me to be a father and be consistent and provide. So it's just like him getting up for 20 years, 3 o'clock in the morning, go to work, still manage to go back to school, still manage to treat my mom like a queen, still manage to provide for us, even though they went through their trials and stuff like that, never let us feel that. Like, yeah. I never felt like we were without or something. Even though, like, now being grown... I'll go back and talk to my parents and be like, yeah, them cleats that you wanted, we had to take that from the mortgage. You know what I'm saying? Or like them, yeah. or, you know, to pay your football dues or your basketball dues to be able to do what you wanted. Like your dad wanted you to do that so much that he went ahead and pulled that from this bill so that you could do that. And it's like, I never knew that. So it's just like, man, just him being consistent. And I feel like us as males seeing that, like seeing a man doing that, it's just like, oh, okay, I don't know any other way. That's how I'm supposed to be. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that would probably be the biggest thing, just being consistent, man. Being a father, second part question, being a father of two girls. Yeah. What do you want? What do you hope? Right? Because you do, you never know what they catch from you. Right. What is the thing that you hope that they capture from you as, as you are being a parent to them and a husband to your wife? How I treat their mom. And I think that's one thing I took from my dad. And it's it's not well, it's not common really. Cause I always saw my dad treat my mom a certain way. Like never disrespected. And my dad has a temper. Like always had a temper. But it was something about my mom that was just like the perfect fit that she could calm him down. Where he would never cross that line with her and stuff like that. And I've seen him cross the line with other people. But in it, like when it came to my mom, it's like he always had that like respect for my mom. So that's all I've seen growing up. And of course, like my sisters, oh, you weren't about to put a hand on my sister. We couldn't touch my sisters. <laughs> so it's like he didn't play about that. Yeah. So me seeing that, I want my daughters to take from me is just like, oh man, like my dad always like loved on my mom. Like my dad always like supported my mom. Like my dad always like was there for like my mom and the way he treated my mom and stuff like that. So when they decide to make the decision of who they want to be with, they're kind of like, oh, okay, this is what 
I expected no less than this. So that's the most that I'll, you know, from seeing me. Rashad. Yeah. What's missing in black fatherhood right now in your in your opinion? It's rough, man, because it's it's so many it's so many answers to that question and what I've seen. And it's just like I don't think there's no I don't think there's any perfect fathers and even the fathers that get beat up in the media about being deadbeat fathers or you know not present fathers. I'll tell you a story about being in alternative school. It was a young man, never said anything. I think I told you the story. Never said anything. He was very quiet. He was a senior. They put him in alternative school for whatever reason. So every day I'll give them a certain point in the day. Then they gotta be quiet the whole day. They're just doing work the whole day. But at a certain point in the day, I would let them, I'll put a topic on the board and they'll get a chance to like turn around out their desk, like their cubicle, stand up and voice their opinion on the topic and pretty much have a conversation respecting everybody else's opinion and stuff yeah. like that. So I think we were talking about a situation with like fathers or something like that. And he never participated in this stuff, never participated in it. I think he was soaking about being in alternative school his senior year or whatever. But we got in this topic and he turned around and he voiced his opinion. And I was just like, dang, like I really, he gave me a perspective of like what this 17 year old boy is going through that I never went through. And he was talking about, he's lived with his grandma, his mom, his whole life. And his dad literally like stays that like down the road. Like he was in the street or doing whatever, but it's like his dad was literally like down the road or whatever. And his dad would come to like his grandma's house or whatever. And now mind you, this young man was about to graduate. I think he was like the first to graduate in his family in a long time. So I always commended him on that. Like, do your work. You know what I'm saying? It, it sucks you in alternative school, but you did what you did. At least you're about to graduate, you know? So he was pretty happy about being able to walk, being able to graduate. But I always saw that he felt the way that his father didn't feel, you know, the same way that he felt. His, I don't think his father ever graduated. And he told me a story about, man, like, I'd be over, like, my grandma's house and stuff like that. And yeah, I'm 17. You're pretty much a grown man now. And his father would come in, and he'll dap up everybody, say what's up to everybody, and wouldn't say anything to him. And this is his father. Mm. And he would always feel, and he carried that. And he was just like, man, like, what I do wrong? Like, what I do wrong? Like, I'm about yeah. to graduate and stuff like that. Yeah. And he started getting emotional about it. And I was just like, dang. So I tried to talk to him on the side. And I was like, you ever thought that your dad became a father before he was ready to become a father? And you looking at, and you, um, and him looking at you, as like, man, he accomplished everything I couldn't accomplish. What can I tell this young man now? You know what I'm saying? Like, I become a father. I'm not ready to become a father. I didn't have a father. I don't know how to be a father. You know, I, I couldn't, like, we just don't, if you didn't have a father like I did, you just, you just don't automatically know how to become a father. Right. So I would tell him, like, cut him, I wouldn't say cut him some slack, but kind of put yourself in his shoes. And he kind of understood what I said, but I don't like beating up people who are like not present or they got different situations because I feel like they never had an example of a good father. And I feel like that's probably the biggest issue with like black fatherhood now. It's just like, man, like how you can you expect me to be something I've never seen? Like my mama raised me, you know what I'm saying? Or like my grandma raised me and all of a sudden I get with this woman. Yeah, I can procreate. But at the same time, it's like, oh, okay, you want me to be present? You want me to do this? You want me to do this? 
I've never seen that. I have no blueprint of that. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, And I think another way to look at that, too, is whenever that father looks at that son, that's a reminder right. yeah. of something he, he failed at. Yeah. Or is failing at. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that can be tough for a man to have to deal with and face. Right. Because, you know, and, and I... You know, shout out to my pastor. He he said this, and it just sticks with me. People have issues in life, even though it affects you, it's totally unrelated to you. Right. You didn't cause that. Even though you're feeling the brunt of it, Right. that's something that that person is dealing with. And right. so, um, yeah, that's that's good that, you know, we society kind of trains us to beat up on on fathers are not um, that aren't active or not present in their child's lives but at the end of the day there are people with issues and again we're just starting to uncover you know mental health issues and and things of that nature now that's becoming a hot topic now especially within our community you got to think how many decades and generations of this that we've been dealing with well i don't think it's an excuse it's not i I still think i still think a father should be a father like i mean if you if you brought this child or you helped create this child i feel like you should definitely be a father for sure but at the same time i do feel like okay I, i feel like saying cutting them some slack is the wrong for lack of a better term but I definitely feel like we should be show a little bit more empathy towards these people because they're figuring yeah. it out. And it's like us as, us as men, yeah. we don't figure stuff out until like we're older anyway. Right. So you're talking about you you making kids when you 18, 19, 20 years old. Yeah. Sometimes our that prefrontal cortex doesn't fully develop till like late 30s. True. You know. I couldn't imagine having a child at 18. Yeah. <laughs> right, man. No, that, that wouldn't be fair I to that kid. Not, not if it came from me. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. But if you go off and live your life though. And you leave this kid to be raised by, like, the mom and stuff like that. And then let's just say you hit 28, 29, and it's like you've had all these experiences in life and stuff like that. And you're like, okay, I'm ready to settle down and have a family. You still got this little boy over here who you had at 18 who's been having to fend for himself who doesn't have a positive image of a father. What type of father do you think he's going to be? You see what I'm saying? Facts. But at the same time, I feel like it's not an excuse. And it's kind of like the story of, like, the two siblings who had the alcoholic father. You see what I'm saying? One of them was like, he used that as an excuse. Like, oh, my father's an alcoholic. I'm going to be an alcoholic. And the other one was just like, I saw my father become an alcoholic, and I saw what it did to him. I'm not going to be that person. Right. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, you can either break the chain, which I feel like is difficult, or you could just use the excuse. It was like, I ain't had no father, or, you know, my father was abusive or whatever. Well, Rashad, one of, one of the things, one of the things that I think is so valuable about your podcast in terms of your creative direction and you know, just be like a venting session. Yeah. Dude, like, I know, I know since I've been going to therapy, venting has been so, so transformational for me. Yes. Yeah. But that's why I love what you're doing, just because if you do have a father in that situation who doesn't know how to do it, at least, you know, he could potentially get inspired by your podcast and just create his own space to vent. Right. You know, just to get some of that stuff out. Because right. you, you know, as black men, we we are right. We we have that stigma of we hold everything in because we want to be strong or not feel alone in the situation. There you go. You know, because it's like if you get into it with your wife, and you just like, man, these women crazy out here. Like I know <laughs> she crazy. She like emotional stuff. But you hear like on my podcast, it's like man, I'm going through like the same thing. It's just like, oh, okay. Like I'm not the only one going through this. Right. Because you may think like, man, what's wrong with me? Like. Like, why am I the only one going through? Or, like, am I missing something? But it's like, if you hear it from, like, another male or another black male, just like, oh, man, like, you know, 
a woman who just had a baby or something like that, like that postpartum or something like that. Yeah. Or, you know, her being emotional around a certain time. And it's just like, it kind of gives you like, oh, okay, somebody's somebody's going through this or dealing with this, you know, with me. And that, that was kind of like the basis of me, like, creating the podcast. Because I actually went looking for, like, podcasts. It was like, when I first got married, man, my, bro- my wife brought me to tears one time. And I'm not a crier. And I was just like, oh, man, like, this is a vulnerable moment. And we, we had gotten to it. And I was just like, man, like, I remember breaking down. And I don't know, something about her, she came over there. She apologized, and you know we apologized. We consoled each other. But I was like, man, this is marriage, bro. Like, cause I was like, man, she done brought me to tears. I felt some type of way. I was like, man, I ain't cried in front of her and stuff like that. But in that moment, like, if I would have like podcast, this was like early in my marriage. If I would have like podcast about that, or if I would have heard somebody else talking about that, I would have felt better about. Oh, okay, I'm not the only one going through this. And I think that's why I looked on like Apple Podcasts, like. Man, you see 10,000 motherhood podcasts <laughs> or talking about yeah, motherhood facts. or yeah. being a wife. But when it comes to, like, being a father, it's just, like, Crickets. nothing. So I was like, man. It supports the stigma, though, yeah. that men just aren't talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, are you are y'all familiar with Jordan B. Peterson? Not familiar with him? Black is. Uh, Jordan B. Peterson, is he's been considered, like, he's a he's a clinical psychologist youtube personality red pill uh white guy white guy older white guy yes yeah i know he's talking from about canada talking about. yeah from canada yeah 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 Yeah. um so not red pill he has he <laughs> has a lot of people in the manosphere reference him a lot though oh, okay okay and he 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 makes a lot of good points about fatherhood Mm-hmm. And he talked about one of the like some of the things that will help to being a good father. I want to run them by the dads in here, just to get you guys perspective from your and and kind of lean into your experiences um, as it pertains to some of the points that he makes. I like this. And so he talks about the the proper role, and you kind of already talked about it. You alluded to it a little bit earlier, Rashad, but yeah. I, I'll, I'll revisit it. He says the proper role of a father is to discipline, but also encourage. And he says a father should impose the highest standards of behavior onto their child. Always judging with the aim in making the best version of that child come forward. Okay. Yeah. Now, the balance of this is difficult because you can be too judgmental or too strict but you want to be an encouraging force. In other words, you encourage by pointing out the good in that person while trying to guide them away from the negative aspects. What do y'all think about that balance in parenting when you're trying to discipline your child or you, tr- or you see them heading, veering off in the wrong path? What do you make of that statement by Jordan B. Peterson? You want to go first? Uh, you're the guest, so you go first. I'm like, you go, you you go. I'm for you boiling over here, but I'm, oh, okay. I'm gonna be respectful. Okay. Well, being an educator, one thing we're like trained on, and I just want to say this first before I get into like my point. I agree with what he's saying on that, but one thing they want us to do when we're disciplined, like the kids, it's called like three to one, three to one. Explain that. Three to one. So it's kind of like as much as you discipline them encourage them or uplift them like three times as much as that you see what i'm saying so it's just like no kid wants to come into the gym and it's just like i'm looking for something wrong so i'm like oh nope up pull your pants up go to the wall 
Oh no, because they're gonna be like, man, I don't even want to go in there. Cause you're gonna find something every time I go in there. But mm-hmm. if every time you come in there, be like, oh, that boy got a new haircut. I see you. You know what I'm saying? Or I heard you've been good in so and so class. I heard you pass your um math exam and stuff like that. Good job. So and so teacher told me about it. She said you was very helpful and stuff like that. I just want to be like it put a smile on the kid's face. But at the same time, when I come down on them, it holds a little bit more weight because like, oh, okay, he does care about me. Right. So it's just like just as much as I criticize him, it's just like I need to be uplifting them or encouraging them three times as much as that and trying to build a relationship. So I do agree with them in that aspect. And on the flip side of the coin, y'all seen the movie Fences? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I I haven't. I haven't. haven't. You got to see it. You got to see it. And it takes me back to the uh, scene with Denzel Washington when he's, like, standing in front of his son. And his son was just like, man, you don't like me or something like that. And he's just like, it's not my job to like you. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's my job to like provide for you, make sure you got a roof over your head, make sure you, you know, you know, you do what I tell you to do and stuff like that. And in doing that, you better do exactly what I tell you to do while you under my roof. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the, that's the consistency I got from like my father. Now, at the same time, my father would still come on the edge of a bed after, you know, getting on to me about something, punching me about something. And he would break down to me why he did what he did. And I feel like that was just different from anybody else. Yeah, yeah, so it's just like, he'll go off on me about something I did wrong. And like I said, he has a temper now. But my mom was always there to like kind of, you know, he got better with it with age. But he would come later on that night, sit on the edge of the bed and be like, okay, listen, I want to let kind of using three to one. Like, mm-hmm. I want to let you know, like nobody's going to love you more than I love you. And this is why I did that. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to be a man one day. You're going to have to deal with this. You're going to have to deal. You're going to have to have the discipline to do this. You can't be out here doing this thing, put yourself in that situation. And it kind of was just like, all right, he just told my butt up. But at the same time, he's right. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's, it's kind of like that three to one. Huh. But I'm going I'm to I'm cue you up, Gatry. <laughs> I'm going to cue you up. Um, but before we get to you, do you think the fences model works today good question no i don't because even though he was a father that provided you know for like his son and stuff like that you could tell that he was going through some trauma yeah and you know before you know he got with his wife or whatever you haven't you didn't see the movie. I've seen clips. I have not okay. seen the movie yet. Yeah, but you 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 remember when he was talking about like he had parents trauma from his failures and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You can spoil it for me. It's Wait, okay. Oh my bad. <laughs> no, it's only you, been out six years. You yeah, can. You, no, I said you can spoil it for me. But it's just like I, yeah, I didn't see the play and everything. So it was just like his failures and his baseball career, his dealings with like racism and segregation and all that stuff. It kind of made him like numb to like Calloused. The, yeah, like to yeah. like the family life. So it was just like my only job is to like go out make this minimum, you know, make this minimum wage to make sure I take care of this woman and this child I brought into this world. And that's my only job. Don't ask me to do anything else. And I feel like we're just not in that time anymore. Right. You know, I feel like we can provide so much more, you know, than you know what he was able to but at the same time i do understand like you, you understand, know dealing yeah. with those you know yeah. in those times and stuff like that that was the norm like yeah you didn't have a therapist to yeah. go to during and it was just too. like and you could argue like what women go through like women want and rightfully so women want to be they want to have all the rights and stuff that men have 
and rightfully so. But back then, it was kind of like, all right, like the man got to go out here and make a living. And it's just like he got to deal with what the world throws at him, whether that's racism, segregation, and all that different stuff. And it's like he comes home, and it's it's their job to like, oh, okay, like I'm going to hold this household down, make sure this man is whole and stuff like that. But at the same time, this day and age, a woman can get out there and do the same thing. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's just a different time. I don't feel like. Gotcha. Gatchery, talk about the balance in terms of providing providing structure for your children, disciplining them when they veer off of where you feel they should be heading, but at the same time balancing that with encouragement. Yeah, well, I'll I'll own it. I'll start off by owning it and say I suck at this. Um, I I tend to I tend to yield to both extremes. When uh, either my sons do something great, <laughs> they're not going to have a bigger or a louder cheerleader than me. But when they slip up, no one's going to be more harsh or critical on on them than me. And uh, one thing I've been really trying to do better with is try, trying to work my way to the middle and, you know, not try to overreact as much, uh, no matter which way they're, they're leaning. Uh, I still I still celebrate the crap out of my boys when they do well, especially when it comes down to like manners, respect and things like that. Like th that's the core of what I teach my sons. Um, Let me ask you this. Yeah. Why, do you, why, do, why do you think you go so hard when they do make a mistake? Because I don't think there's anything oh, wrong with going yeah. hard when they do well. It's I just, think you should do that. It's but. just like Rashad just expertly drew up with that story with his dad. Like, not, number one. <laughs> you are going to be a black man in America. It, that, that means this world is going to look different for you. Um, there are things that you just cannot get away with. There are things the world are not, is not going to let you get away with. And I believe that education starts even at the ages of my sons now. And you can't really, you can't really share too much with them at a young age because they're not going to grasp it. But then again, the, 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 the foundation, the principles I think there's value in setting that that at that point. Now, when you get older, like Rashad said in his story, then you then you share with them, look, you're going to be a man in this world one day. So you cannot do X, Y and Z. Mm -hmm. And I just know I know my 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 life as a black man has been easy compared to a lot of my peers. And I've 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 been blessed and encouraged to hear other stories, witness other situations. And so. The, the father in me with my sons wants to protect them from all of that. Yeah. So now <laughs> re reality screams are not going to be perfect. I get that. Right. But um, th there is a code. There is a standard. And we're going to we're going to strive towards that standard. Anything less will be uncivilized. So. Something you said, Rashad, that that stood out to me, I, you said is the three to one principle. Mm -hmm. I like that. When you talk about preparing them for this world. Do you think taking that approach makes it easier to talk to your children about things like racism, things like the police, things like that, when you're building them up and talking about what kind of person that they are and that they can, despite whatever challenges awaits them, they can go out in the world and thrive? Well, I, f I really feel like that starts at a young age, like at a super young age. And I really feel like that starts from like exposure and like what they see from me and their mother. Mm -hmm. Like when it comes to like just how to move out here in this world or like what we tolerate and what we don't tolerate, like my wife, 
I mean, she gonna ride for my girls no matter what. Like, she's not about to take no type of, at school, anywhere. Like, anywhere. Like, she's going to, if she feels like they've been disrespected or anything, like, she's pulling up. You know, and I'm right there with her. You know, I'm a supporter or whatever. But she's just a little bit more gun ho. <laughs> I mean, yeah, mother, yeah. mother yeah, hand, gun-ho. mother hand. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like them watching that, I feel like we, we don't understand how much children see. Oh. And it's just like. Preach. See me do and it's just like see like what their mother does and sometimes it doesn't even click it didn't click for me until i got older or i had my own family and i was just like dang like the reason why i get up early at four o'clock in the morning take care of what i need to take care of. i saw my dad get up at three o'clock in the morning like every day or something like that like if i'm working out my daughter see me working out they want to work out so yeah. i feel like when it comes to like dealing with stuff in the world like racism segregation and stuff like that i feel like if they see how me and my wife handle it then they'll kind of like, oh, okay, we tolerate that or we don't tolerate that. And that's one thing I do recall seeing my dad handle different things. Like, man, he, well, he is. He's a man's man. It was just like different things would happen and he would just be straightforward with grown men. Like, no, we're not doing this. Or no, you know, that's not what we do here. Or grown men really didn't come in our household. It was kind of like, I don't know. He was like that type of protector. Not like he didn't want us to. It's just like he didn't really have friends to come around and hang around our family like that. Just sit around and hang. You know how some people just come and just chill the whole day, like family. He wasn't big on that. Mm-hmm. To that point, I'm not big on that. Like, I didn't kick my friends out of my house. We were just like, all right, man, you done been here like two hours or something like that. Like, you got to go. <laughs> or it's just like, or if I see, or if I see like, all right, my wife come in there. We watching the game or something like that, and she's like, all right, I'm finna get the girls ready for bed, or I'm about to take a shower. I'm like, oh, that's a cue for you to go. You know, and it's just like, I mean, I love you, but at the same time, I learned that from, like, my father. So when it comes, you know, to answer your question, when it comes to, like, matters like that, I think the best teacher is seeing how we handle those things. And as they get older, I can explain to you why we did that, why you didn't go to that school, or why mommy handled that situation the way she did, or why I handled that situation why I handled that situation the way I did, because it's different out here for us. And this is why, you know, and this is the way to handle it, or this is the way not to handle it. Great. Great. I love that answer. I love that answer. Uh, I want to talk to you about what both of you about what's best for your kids. This seems to be something that a lot of parents struggle with. When it, and and, and I, I'm already feeling it from Gat uh, well, already. Yes. I've I've been on this for sure. Like I've been on know, this. I don't know where you're going with it, but, but I'm anxious to find out. So, so another thing that I I, I heard uh, in in a video that I heard Jordan Peterson talk about is, and I, I thought it was so dope how he brought this parallel out. But oftentimes parents want what what they think is best for the child is what they think. Not necessarily what the child wants. Right. And one of the things he talked about was you want, you don't want to impose your selfish ambitions onto your child. Right. You want to raise them up in such a way where they're going to grow up and be of use and of benefit to the world. Whatever their gifts, whatever their talents are, they're going to use that to to affect and change the world in a certain kind of way. And it may not be in the way that you think they should. It may not make as much money as you think they should. But the impact of what they're to be. And and he 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 drew a parallel. I don't know your what your what your spiritual 
disposition is if you're Christian or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he drew the parallel to Abraham and Isaac. And Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son for the greater good, right? But Abraham wanted his son for himself, right? Right. But the idea was for the benefit of the world, I have to give up my son. And that's the parallel that parents should have not to keep them so close to them. You know, they got to protect their kids, obviously. But the end result is that when they become of age, they're free and released to go into the world and be special. What are your thoughts on your personal goals for your children versus who they desire and want to be? Is that a struggle or is that something that you and your wives have talked about? Am I going you, first? You, you go first. Okay. You go first. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested because you you have two boys, right? Right. Yeah, I have two girls. So yeah. it's like, okay. like it's a little bit different. Um, so it's it's like I said before, my what I what I stress to my boys has a lot to do with like code of conduct, character, respect, manners, things like that. Um I I get that from my mom. My mom leaned in heavily on those principles. And so um I, I I handed those back down or I'm handing those back down to my son just because I, I've seen that when you when you do have the proper decorum, usually things tend to work in your favor a lot more times than they don't. And people notice that. So um, that that is at the root of it. Now, outside of that here lately, Rashad, I have just been on I've been on this like cultural awareness kick. Um, you know what I mean? Like my, my boys are at a overly dominant white school and I'm starting to be more aware of their influences, you know, like right. music they want to listen to, which, you know, it, it, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but in terms of their cultural identity, what I want for my boys, I want them to know, number one, this, this is this is this is who you are. <laughs> this is who your family is. This is how your family structured. Right. Be proud of that, even if you are the overwhelming minority in any situation. Right. And that's like, I mean, it, and it, it's been like this past year. I've just been leaning extra heavy into that. And so to, to get back to your question, for me, some type of blend of that social respect and integrity mixed with cultural identity is at the root of what I want for my kids. Now, in terms of like, professional you know what they do i do not care anything about that i mean that i do not care one bit because I, I i feel wholeheartedly that if you've got these other two things these other two big things you'll succeed in whatever else it is you want to do okay yeah. i mean i like what you said i like what you said about them being like culturally aware but like i said i don't have two sons but as just being a male and you know having the father that I have, I know the biggest thing for that is them looking at you. Like, you got to be their biggest superhero. Because it's just like, even though they go to a predominantly white school or whatever, how you handle, like, you know, your culture and how you carry yourself, they're going to tailor themselves. Yeah, it's a lot of influence at school, but I look like dad, though. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So it's just like, I see myself like my dad, you know? So it starts at home. That That would be my biggest thing. It would start at home. But for my girls, I mean, the biggest thing is I want you. All, I want them to work hard 
or whatever they want to do. And sometimes I have to talk to my wife about, like, my oldest daughter, little genius, got enough attitude for the both of us. But <laughs> when she's coloring, she'll color outside the lines. And she'll just color, she'll just color. She's she's going on four years old. She'll just color, color. And my wife would be like, oh, okay, you got to stay in the lines. I'm like, don't tell her to stay in the lines. She don't want to stay in the lines. Like, you know, I feel like it's not time, it's not time for us to to intervene like that. If she don't want to color inside the lines, like she don't want to color inside the lines. If she feels like that picture looks beautiful, then that picture looks beautiful. Yeah. We're we gonna put it on the refrigerator. I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, this one kind of came out the lines a little bit. I'm not gonna put that on the fridge. So it's like at a young age, I want them to know that being respectful, working hard, and I just want them to be like strong black women. Cause they have a lot of strong black women in my family. As far as like my two sisters, my wife, um, my grandmothers, it's just like they have a lot to like look up to. And I just kind of yeah. like want them professionally. I really don't care. But being respectful, working hard for what you want to do and, you know, color outside the lines if you want to. I, you know, it almost sounds uh, building off that. It almost sounds like you're fostering her creativity as well. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're I get. Not, you're not limiting her mm -hmm. in that regard. So. Because I don't want her to ever feel like, oh, OK, like I'm doing this because dad wanted me to do it. Or like, yeah. let's just say she she does this beautiful picture that I think is beautiful and she colors it in the lines or she does it for me. She's like, oh, okay, daddy, look, I colored this picture inside the lines and stuff like that. Do you like it now? And I'm like, do you like it? You see what I'm saying? It's not about if I like it or not. Like, if you go get that picture and you color all outside the lines or whatever, like, we're all familiar with Frozen, right? Right, yeah. My, I didn't see that. Yeah, my, <laughs> my wife thinks this is a huge win. She had a little Frozen coloring book. She had a whole little Frozen wave. And she colored all the little girls in there black, like little, like little black girls and stuff like that. So my, my wife thought that was a huge win. She was like, we're doing our job. Yeah. <laughs> if they're doing it. But at the same time, I'm not going to go and be like, Elsa's not black, you know what I'm saying? Like Elsa's right. white or something like that. If you want to color Elsa black, if you want to color a green, go ahead and color a green. Like if you feel like that's beautiful and you worked hard and did your best on it, I love it. I don't ever want her to come to me and be like, "Oh, okay, I did what you wanted. I did what you wanted me to do. Like, is it worthy of putting up on the refrigerator now?" And then her living her life like, "Oh, okay, I went to school, I became a doctor and stuff like that because that's what you all wanted me to do." Right, right. Like I want you all to know ever since like a young age, I'm going to support you whatever you do as long as you work hard and that's what you want to do. You know, you you make me think like I got to do a better job of verbalizing that to my boys. Like I got to I, I I believe it and I feel like I practice it, but I got to get on the level. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that, telling you get that I'm eye contact. You, I'm telling you that works. With like little kids, it's like cuz just think about somebody was talking to you or they was getting on to you and you were looking up at them the whole time. Right. You know, I thought about I thought about a moment I had with my nephew cuz we're teaching him to play baseball and mm -hmm. he got frustrated. Right. And I remember squatting down yeah, I'm and looking him in his eye and calming him down. Mm -hmm. Got back, threw a ball at him. He smacked the ball with a bat. Like he hit right. the ball like and he felt and I was like, oh. Okay. I don't right. do I don't do it. So enough for that. so as you're talking about that, I'm thinking of situations where I've done that. And you're right. It yeah. is very effective. Catch a knee sometime, get on eye level with them and talk to them like they're a human being. And yeah. they'll be like, Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Rather than me being like this large figure, and if I'm upset, dealing whatever baggage I'm dealing with during Mercy. the day, she comes in here and she knocks over a glass or something like that, and I'm just looking down on her and stuff like that. She might not be hearing anything I'm saying, but my disposition and demeanor is just like, 
I'm looking down on her. But if I get down on her level and I get on the knee and I'm just like, listen, you know you weren't supposed to be over there anyway. She hears what I'm saying. And that's right. what I ultimately want you to do. Right. Is hear what I'm saying and why I'm disciplining you about this situation. You 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 know, before we transition, you you talked about your children hearing uh hearing you. Talk about instances where you have to hear your children. Oh my god. Oh. My daughter can talk the pain off a wall. So I hear <laughs> so I hear her a lot. But my wife does a good job about this. Expressing themselves and um because it's a fine line between like expressing yourself and being respectful. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, so it's at the same time, I want them to be able to talk to me and they're at the age where my daughter is she's one going on two and the other one's three going on four. They communicate very well. But at the same time, if something happens at school, my wife getting down on their level, she knows that my daughter's like, I'm going to say love language, but her language is playing Barbie dolls. She loves when you play Barbie dolls. With so my wife would get down on her level and she'll pick up the Barbie dolls and act like her friends at school. Be like, oh, okay, so what did y'all eat at school? Like, what did y'all do? And she'll just like open up. Oh, mm-hmm. so-and-so said this to me. So-and-so said this to me. Or, you know, I wasn't allowed to do this. Or I went to timeout because of it. The, and they just open up. You know, a lot more when you get down on their level or you speak their language, what they like to do. So as far as like listening to them, I feel like it's very important to listen to them. I feel like it's very important to listen to them because you always want them to have that open line of communication with you. Yeah. I don't ever want them to be like, oh, man, like, you know, I can't talk to dad about this. Or right. Whatever. Like, I want you to be like, like, you know, we can have those tough conversations. And going back, I have that relationship with my parents. Like, I don't if something happens or something like that, I just pull up. Like, man, I messed up. Like I messed up, yeah. You know, and they'll and they'll counsel me through it and stuff like that. And it's like I didn't put my foot in my mouth a plenty of times, especially <laughs> early, early in our marriage, after my first daughter being born and stuff like that. And it's just like I ain't never, I've never done this before. I've right. never had a child before. <laughs> I don't know what this woman is going through, right. you know. But she's going through a lot. She just delivered a baby. So if I come in there and say something stupid and she throws, you know, what I'm saying she throws something at my head or something like that, I'm calling my parents like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm like, man. I'm like, man. So and so, like, she tripped or something like that. Like, she doing yeah. this. And, but I can have that line of communication with them because right. they established that when I was young. And they'll usually tell me they're mostly on her side. It's like, oh, okay. Well, have you ever thought she just delivered a baby like two, three days ago? Yeah. She's breastfeeding. She's going. Her body's going through all these, you know, hormones and stuff right. like that. And you come in here and ask her something dumb like that. <laughs> I'm like. You're probably right. You know, you're probably right. But that starts with yeah. like having that open line of communication. So to answer your question, I was like, it's very important. Even if they just talking about nothing, let them talk. Yeah. One, one thing, if I could answer this, I got to give my wife so much credit for this because one of the things I'm starting to realize is that she and YG, my oldest son, communicate in similar ways. And the biggest thing with them is less is more. And y'all know how I go. Y'all know, like, I want to give you detail after detail after detail, especially when I'm conveying something to my boys, both of them. And one of the things that I've seen improve our relationship, my, my oldest son and I, is if something happens, whether it be good or bad, I just go out and address it. And then I get out of there. You know, I don't I don't sit there to make sure you understood. I don't sit there to, you know, drill it, drill it over and over again. And what I've noticed is, yeah, he gets it. Yeah. I just gotta, I gotta take a teaspoon of what I was gonna give him, right. and then just trust that that's gonna be that. Conversely, my youngest son, he's more like me. 
Mm-hmm. He's there for the details. Yeah. He wants to know more. And and right, and, right, right. Yeah. So when it comes to him, even him being four years old, I'm gonna lean in and I'm gonna go with natural Ronnie communication. Right. <laughs> and right. it, it's been effective. So um, to me, that's a that's a kind of example of knowing when to listen as well. Do have they have they questioned your have they questioned your decision making in terms of how to discipline? You know what I mean. And 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 when I say listen. Not so much the disrespect, because I think previous generations have interpreted that is you don't talk back, you don't cry, right. you do as I say, da 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 da. But <laughs> if a child asks, "Well, Dad, why do I have to do that?" Oh, my four-year-old. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, my, my daughter, my daughter's bad about that. Because yeah. it's like, I mean, maybe it's a sick joke, but I threaten to pop her butt all the time. I call it butt pop. I'm like, all right, if you don't go clean your room, you're gonna get your butt pop or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she uses her grandmother's. As like defense mechanism, she'll go tell them it's like, "Daddy gonna pop my," or she'll pull my mom to the side. She's very sneaky. She's very smart. She's a little genius now. She's been here before. <laughs> but she got to work the system. Yeah, so she'll go tell. She'll tell my mom, not my mom, but that's she'll the, tell. That's the problem solver. Yeah, yeah. right there. She'll tell. She'll tell my wife when I'm not there and stuff like that. They'll be going out have a good day. They'll go get ice cream, play on the playground and stuff like that. Vibes just good and stuff like that. They'll be riding in the car. And she'll just tell my wife. She's just like. I don't like it when daddy pops my butt. And then she'd be like, where'd that come from? She's like, I don't like it when daddy pops my butt. And it's kind of like, and you don't do anything about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just let him pop my butt. And my wife would tell me, I'm just like, man, that child is just, or she'll tell you like, we'll be having a moment. I get down on a level. We hug it out and stuff like that. I'm thinking, oh, she's like, I love you, dad. I love you too. I'm just like, I don't like it when you pop my butt. I'm just like, okay, I, I, I got you. you know, Butter so, you up, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, yeah, so it's just like, or she'll go tell my mom and stuff like that. And my mom is just like, you know, kind of grandparents. It's like, they don't raise them the way they raise you. It's just like, all of a sudden, you, no corporal punishment at all. And you told my behind up. And yeah. she and she tells she tells my daughter that she's going to get me or she's going to put me in timeout. So now my daughter goes around my house telling her, I'm going to tell Coco and she's going to put you in timeout. So I'm like... All right, little girl, get on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, this is this is um, I've enjoyed this mashup. Uh, I don't think you said the name of your podcast. You said you had a podcast, but I don't think you said the name. Did y'all hear it? I don't think I did either. Okay, no, he didn't. Give us give us the name of it. Daddy's thinking out loud. Daddy's thinking out loud. So so I love the ma- I love this mashup of two podcasts. I'm, I'm a, we have to call this men thinking out loud. Ah, uh, okay. For this episode, that's what I'm thinking. So. Noted. <laughs> okay. I have a question for our guest. What you got? So when can we expect a new episode to be released? We can All we right. have an actual date? Okay. You had to say date like that. But well, I mean, he wants accountability, right? The pressure, the pressure, the pressure is on. I will be. I will admit, I have been lacking with posting content or creating content in regards to my podcast. I am going to do better about that. It's just time restraints. Like I told you, I am a full time teacher, a full time dad, a full time husband, and a full time real estate agent. So it leaves very little time. At the same time, that is no excuse. Like, if it's important to me, I'll find time Is for this it. a passion project for you? It is, but I told you, like, in the beginning of it, it's just like, at no point in time do I record, and I'm just like, oh, okay, like, I'm looking at the views or something like that. It's kind of like if an event, like, I feel like this was a dope event sitting down with you all and speaking with you all. Like, I'll vent about this event. I feel like that's the only way yeah. that you can have, like, a solo podcast. Because yeah. it's like, I'm not having a conversation with anyone. I'm talking about a personal experience. So it's just like, usually when a personal experience happens, then it, I'll podcast about that. 
I can't promise that it's going to be like every Thursday night, like you're going to hear. Because it's like, hey, to me, nothing interesting probably happened. But if it's just Fair. like, hey, like my daughter got in a fight at school today. This is how I handled it. I don't know if I handled it the best. Like I went to the school, knocked the little boy down. Probably not the best way to handle it. Yeah. You know, I'll probably yeah. podcast about that. But I'm definitely going to be better. I think we I gave you some motivation for your next upcoming episode. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Rashad, so, no answer. You okay. can go, got dude. It. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't want to disappoint anybody, but what's today? Friday. Yeah, I can't give you a definite day. <laughs> next, okay, okay. Next week. No, 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 no. I'm going I'm to I'm give you an easy one. Will we have another episode before the close of this calendar year? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Boom. I, I had to think about how many that days was a, left that was, a, that was a delay there. I was like, well, I had to think about, like, what's today's date? <laughs> I still got time. Try do us a favor and and plug whatever you want to plug, man. What how can people locate you, find your podcast, the whole nine? I'm still working on being consistent on all platforms, but if you want to follow me on social media, the best thing, I, of course, I'm Rashad Harper on Facebook. Um, I'm, That's two A's, right? Yes, R A S H A A D um, R underscore Harper nine on Instagram, and of course, you can follow me on like. Anywhere you listen to podcasts under Daddy's Thinking Out Loud. So that's pretty much That's it. not your Instagram. That's my Instagram. <laughs> you got the 06 on there. If you don't represent right. It was it was nine at one point in time. I changed it. It's R Harper 06. <laughs> I told you I'm working on being consistent on all platforms. <laughs> he did leave with that. Hey, but one thing, one thing I do, one thing I do want you all to do, like, if you have any ideas for like, and I'm speaking not just to fathers out there, but women too. Like if you have any ideas about a situation that happened that pretty much changed the way you live your life and it's related to like, cause I feel like the way we all, the way all of us live our lives stems somewhat from our father. Yeah. Like whether you had a father, a bad father, a good father, that trauma is with you. So if you have any ideas, please hit me up. So and we, it, and so Ronnie is right. It's our. <laughs> I mean, I don't stalk you on IG or nothing listen, like that. Listen. It was at one point in time. It was at one point in time. R underscore Harper nine. Just it John, is just R John Owens. <laughs> just everybody. R underscore Harper 06. Shout out to the good brothers. Bro. And if you're not sure, just contact Gatry. Yes. yes. I'll give you everything you need to know about uh, Brother Harper right here. Um. I'm gonna give you some. I'm 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 drop you some ideas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can. I got you. I can go. I can go. And I'm like I said, my podcast is to learn whether if you're a great father and this worked out for you, kind of like the whole getting on their level thing, Mm -hmm. you know, or you just like, man, my father was horrible and he did this. I'm like, okay, I'll make sure I watch out for that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Because I I want to be the best husband, the best father I can be. You know. Absolutely, That's what's up. man. We appreciate you coming, coming in to hang with us, man. Well, we're going to wrap up, guys. We appreciate you listening to this latest episode. Do us a quick favor, guys, and interact with us. Follow us on social media. You can find us at the T H A Tipping Point One Word on Instagram and Twitter. And please go out to YouTube, guys, and subscribe to our channel. We are the that is T H A again, the Tipping Point. Uh, definitely subscribe. Help us out. We greatly appreciate it. Get it, man. 
May the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. Go in peace. Have a productive, have a safe week. And as always, I'm Caesar Walker. He's Ronnie Gatry. And we are the Tipping Point Podcast. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>